0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have another edition of the Bean Report. Also, we'll talk about a new technique for killing weeds. And up first in today's country comment, we'll get an update on a Canadian Food Grains Bank growing project in western Manitoba. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Volunteers with the Canadian Food Grains Bank are gearing up for another harvest. Reporter Barry Lamb chatted with Betty Turner, a volunteer with the Killarney Growing Project.
1: Well, um, we're excited because we plan to go ahead with the uh, harvest meal in the field again on harvest day. So we're putting together plans. It's been two years since we've had a, a meal in the field, so... We're hoping that the community will be able to come out and help us celebrate the harvest.
2: Well, the community really gets behind the the growing project, how nice to be able to have those supporters out out on harvest day.
1: Oh, I know. I've had people call already to see how close we are to harvest. We think we're about three to four weeks out still. Um, The the crop is looking really nice. The heads are long and they're filling up and, and we're optimistically hopeful for a good crop and um but we're still a little ways away we're uh, we plan on street cutting it again so we're just waiting for it to ripen a bit more so we can desiccate it and then go ahead with that as as planned but the crop itself looks amazing it really does
2: what is the crop and how many acres in this year
1: uh it's a crop of red spring wheat it's a new um variety starbuck and there is 155 acres in that field it's a beautiful field
2: what about uh combines and and trucks uh what who's lining that up or how are you looking for volunteers with that
1: yeah myron peter is, is our uh, field manager and every year he rounds up um people to uh, help harvest as in combines and grain trucks and grain carts. You know, we're really blessed in that Each year it seems like our field is on a different part of town. So this year it's south of town instead of north of town. So it usually uh, involves different volunteers. We know we have some regular volunteers that probably travel longer on the road with their with their combine than they do in the field, but they just like to attend. But um, it seems like we can call on people in that area, and they don't seem to mind running over from their field and coming in helping us out and then going back to do their own. We really do appreciate it.
2: And obviously the more pieces of equipment you can get into the field, uh, the quicker it gets done.
1: Yeah, the, the, you're exactly right. You know, last year it took us just under the hour. And um, and probably and I think that was with eight combines, so probably about the same. I know the dealerships in town always help us out, and the grain carts every year seem to be getting bigger and bigger. So, um, and it's a pretty straightforward field. So I think I think we'll be able to make it work come that day. I think we'll be right in the middle of harvest of everybody's harvest. So um, I know we really appreciate guys leaving their own harvest to come and help us.
2: And whether or not it was a later-seeded crop, everybody basically is in the same boat, anyways, as they would be in every other year, I guess. Eh?
1: Yeah, pretty much. You know, um, sometimes we try to get our field in just a little bit earlier, so that maybe we can be at the beginning of the of the harvest season. But just the way this spring was, we were just really happy to get it in, and really thankful for the guys that that seeded it and did all those other operations.
2: You mentioned the field is south of where uh, Whereabouts is it exactly?
1: Yeah, it's just about at the U.S. border, actually, uh, Blixhaven Road. Um, you go down Highway 18, and then at Blixhaven Road, you turn uh, east or left. And I want to say it's two miles, but I don't quote me on that. But you can't miss it. Um, we have our old drill sitting out there with the Canadian Food Grains Bank sign on it, and uh, you won't miss it.
0: That was Betty Turner, a volunteer with the Killarney Growing Project with the Canadian Food Grains Bank. She was chatting with reporter Barry Lamb. Turner adds that people can sponsor an acre for $250. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Generally speaking, it's been a good year for Manitoba's potato crop. Vikram Bisht is with Manitoba Agriculture.
3: In many fields, uh, the crop looks very good. The seed set is uh, really great this year, and uh, the sizing is also going great. Uh, there were some late planted fields that uh, is going to be setting the overall production uh, bit uh, behind, and that is uh, because of the early rains, uh, planting wasn't done in time.
0: Early potato harvest has begun in Manitoba for processing direct from field. Bish says growers have been happy with early yield results. And Manitoba Pork is commending the federal government on last week's announcement of a new $45.3 million investment to help prevent and prepare for a potential outbreak of African swine fever. Here's General Manager Cam Dahl
4: this is uh, really a positive announcement. If we had a foreign animal disease like African swine fever or a foot and mouth disease, it would be devastating. Uh, we would, uh, you know, immediately lose our export markets. Manitoba exports 90% of the pork we produce, whether it's on foot or in a package. The implications for getting a, a foreign animal disease like ASF would be, would be in the many billions of dollars.
0: ASF is currently spreading throughout countries in Europe and Asia and was discovered last year in the Dominican Republic. It does not pose a health risk to humans, other animals, or the food system, and it has not been detected in pigs in Canada. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, August 30th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll tell you about a new method for killing weeds. Canada's weed hunters are setting their sights on natural alternatives to herbicides. Dr. Andrew Mackenzie gopsill is a research scientist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada at the Charlottetown Research and Development Centre.
4: We're um, evaluating uh, abrasive weed management or projectile weed management. It goes by a a couple of different terms. And it's really... um, kind of exactly as it sounds like we're we're shooting um a material directly at our weeds to try and try and control them um so we're using uh this is essentially just commercial sandblasters um and passing different types of grit and evaluating um control of several priority species in a couple of different high value crops across canada
0: yeah i guess talk a bit more about how this works you know what sort of materials are you using here
4: Sure, so we're, we're evaluating two um, main materials. The first one is a uh, walnut shell, so just, just ground-up walnut shells, and we're looking at two different grit sizes of that, as well as um, corn grit, which is just um, corn cobs, again, ground-up, and then, again, looking at two different sizes there. And, um, yeah, as mentioned, we're evaluating these on a control of a couple of different priority species in um, potato, highbush blueberry in vineyards, as well as in beans.
0: Now, I guess the, my main question would be, you know, how do you um, how do you target the weeds and then um, not damage the crops?
4: Sure. So there's definitely a little bit of crop damage that, that can occur. Um, there really there's no spell activity here. So we are going after the crop has emerged, uh, but we are going at, at a very early stage, and we are directing our sandblasters um, kind of at the base of the like oh, along the side of the rows. So not directly at the crop, but kind of um, just right where a lot of those weeds grow um, right next to that, that crop row. So we do see a little bit of damage there. Um, my site, I'm in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. So I've been looking at potatoes and, um, we, we do see some, some holes and and some spotting on our lower leaves, but later on in the season, those just, um, and and die off anyway. So we don't really think there's, there's any kind of negative impact, at least in, in terms of, on potato.
0: With, uh, with many weeds now, you know, becoming uh, resistant to two different herbicides, talk, talk a little bit about how this method would, uh, you know, benefit that.
4: Sure. So, um, and in, in potato production out here, we've increasingly found more and more um, species that are resistant to the, the major herbicides that we're using in potatoes, um, primarily common lambsquarters and, and red root, pigweed resistant to some of those group five chemistries, so things like uh, uh, Sencor or, or Metribuzin. Um, and so a lot of those come, or they uh, escape our initial weed control um, and then can become really problematic later on. And so this method can allow us to potentially control those um, later on in the growing season to um, prevent their seed production um, so that we don't you know, build up the populations of those herbicide-resistant weeds or continue to build up those populations as well as providing some control um, of those problematic species in season.
0: With the uh, amount of time it takes to register new herbicides, um, talk a little bit about how this method might uh, help uh, alleviate that.
4: Sure. So this whole project is part of uh, a new federal initiative called the Alternative Pest Management Solutions, And the whole goal of all of these projects um, is is really the accelerated and rapid adoption of technologies. So we are looking at um, you know, things that have no, no regulatory barriers preventing their uptake by producers, so anybody could go out there um, and and test out this technology right now if they'd like to. Um, so yeah, it's really trying to get around um, a lot of those issues where it you know it can take upwards of ten years to register a new product on on a on a crop.
0: Now the the trials that you're doing now is this just a sort of on a smaller scale or?
4: Yeah, so we are, we're just on a plot scale. This is the first year of the project, um, so all of us. There There's several collaborators across Canada, each working on their own different cropping system. And so, I, yeah, everything is at a plot scale right, right now.
0: When would that move to sort of a, like a commercial uh, testing or, or what's the plans there?
4: So we just have our, our initial just two years of this project. So um, this year and next year to really hammer out which grit tech, or which grits and which size of grits are most effective on our problem weed species in each of our cropping systems. And then from there, there's um, really nothing stopping any producer from, from testing it out at, at that point. Um, we don't necessarily have any direct plans um, of testing it at field scale uh, in producer's field, but um, you know, that, that might come a bit later after this initial uh, two-year phase of the project.
0: Anything else that uh, you wanted to highlight on the project?
4: We just have some pre- preliminary data that we've collected so far. Um, no kind of yield impact or, or anything, but... Looking at, um, at least just from our potato site, what we can see, um, one of the other components of this is we're, we're evaluating um, a combined using our grits as well as low rates of herbicides. So the, there's only one herbicide that's available for use in potatoes that controls any kind of broad or broadleaves um, post-emerge, and that's prism or rimsulfuron. And that is only effective on a couple of broadleaf species. And one thing we're noticing is that when we go in with our grits and kind of knock those plants back a little bit, even though we don't get a ton of control with that grit, we make them more susceptible to that later herbicide application. Um, so, And it's a low rate of that herbicide, so we're going at a half rate. So it um, kind of goes back to that integrated weed management approach of using many little hammers. Um, here we're able to potentially provide greater control of some species that aren't normally controlled by, by our broadly um, herbicides.
0: That was Dr. Andrew Mackenzie Gopsil. He's a research scientist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada at the Charlottetown Research and Development Centre. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute, Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Reunion Days at the Pemina Thresherman's Museum takes place September 2nd and 3rd. museum is located between Winkler and Morden along Highway 3. Fall on the Farm takes place September 5th at the Mennonite Heritage Village in Steinbach. The Cultivate Sustainability Conference and Trade Show takes place September 7th at the RBC Convention Centre in Winnipeg. And the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is hosting the 5th Annual Regenerative Agriculture Conference, November 14th and 15th in Brandon. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl is welcoming the federal government's announcement of a new $45.3 million investment to help prevent and prepare for a potential outbreak of African swine fever. ASF has not yet been found in Manitoba or in Canada. However, its presence would have devastating impacts on the sector and to both the provincial and Canadian economies. The disease is currently spreading throughout countries in Europe and Asia. And was discovered last year in the Dominican Republic.
4: It's all all around us, uh, you know, is spreading throughout Europe uh, in the uh, wild boar population. So, uh, controlling our wild pigs is is uh, is a high priority here in, in Manitoba for Manitoba pork. But we we do see it getting closer, and and uh, wherever it's hit, whether it's in Germany and Poland or or in China, it has it has been devastating for the uh, the pork industry and and for producers.
0: African swine fever does not pose a health risk to humans, other animals, or the food system. And Manitoba's potato harvest is underway. Vikram Bisht is with Manitoba Agriculture.
3: Early harvest has uh, begun for direct farm field for the processing. I think... Uh the growers are fairly okay with uh, the production that they are getting. We may still need some potatoes from other provinces because uh, we did not have enough acres under irrigation this
0: year. Bish notes there have been no cases of late blight in Manitoba this year. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.